Welcome to a daily word of encouragement with Celebration Church in Thomasville, Georgia. We believe that the Bible is God's word to all people. We love God, we love each other, and we are changing our world one relationship at a time. We want to help you know and love God's word. Join Pastor Jimmy Bryson each day as we discover how to seek God and live our lives encouraged by his word. Our series title is Unlimited. Unlimited. And we've looked at several passages of Scripture over the last two weeks that remind us that God is unlimited. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 1, verse number 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, can I give you a Bryson paraphrase? Jesus was saying this, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and I'm the last. I'm the God of the future and I'm the God of the past. I always have been, I am now, and I always will be. Because of that, I am unlimited. What Jesus was declaring about himself in Revelation chapter 1 is, Jesus was saying, I am the unlimited one. And so I want to remind you today, maybe this is the, maybe you've been gone for a week or gone for a couple weeks and somebody just needs to gently remind you this morning, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you serve the unlimited one. And so what we're looking at, we're looking at the life of a man named Elijah, primarily the end of chapter 16 of 1 Kings and chapter 17 of 1 Kings and next week we'll move into chapter 18 of 1 Kings, but we're looking at himself to be faithful to Elijah, and what God did was God proved himself to be unlimited in the life of Elijah. God showed his unlimitedness by his grace to Elijah, his goodness, his greatness. He showed Elijah his presence. He gave Elijah's provision, and the story we're going to read today is God's going to show Elijah his power today. And so, as we're talking about Elijah, we all come into this building today at different places in our journey, different different spots in life, Um, but I'm convinced that the principles that God was teaching Elijah will probably apply to every single one of us at some point in our journey where where we're on today. So I want you to listen carefully. So as we're talking about Elijah today, let's do just a a brief review so everybody will be up to speed. Um, When you look at the the days of Elijah, and I think some of this information will be on the screen. When you're thinking about and looking about the days of Elijah, which we need to think about and consider if we're going to understand the life and story and testimony of this man named Elijah. Uh, The days of Elijah were dark days. Uh, They were dark spiritually. You see the the kingdom, if you read Old Testament history, the kingdom was divided at this point in history and there was Israel and there was Judah and, and Israel had a whole string of ungodly kings. They had a whole uh, line of ungodly kings and now a king by the name of Ahab is reigning and ruling over Israel. And if you read 1 Kings chapter 16, Ahab was more wicked and more evil than all the kings before him. Ahab was married to a woman named Jezebel. 
and uh, Jezebel's father served Baal and so Jezebel served Baal and Ahab went in collusion with Jezebel and next thing you know Ahab is serving Baal. It's very interesting and you need to understand this as we proceed. Baal was the was considered to be the god of fertility. Baal was considered to be the god of fertility. Uh, they thought, everybody say they thought. They thought that Baal controlled the rain. And so in their estimation, Baal controlled the rain. Baal sent the rain. The rain fell down on the ground, on the crops. The crops became fertile or the ground became fertile and produced its fruit. And so Baal got the credit for sending the rain in their estimation. Well, the female version of Baal, the Ashtarah, uh, was the, uh, the goddess of fertility. And what they thought was that the goddess of fertility would touch a woman's womb, make the woman's womb fertile, and make her able and available to, uh, to produce many, many children. So they were serving the god of Baal, which was the god of fertility in their estimation. And so what I'm saying is, these were dark days spiritually because the people of God had stopped serving the one true God, and they'd begun to serve Baal. Well, not only were these days dark days, they were depleted days because here's what happens in your life and in my life when we stop serving the one true God and we go out and serve other gods our lives are depleted our lives are depleted spiritually of the presence and the power of God so at this time in the history of the nation they were living spiritually depleted of the manifest presence and the power of God well these days were also disappointing days they were disappointing uh, yes because the people had ventured off the the path of serving Jehovah God but they were more disappointing to me because the leader had the influence to be able to lead them in the right way, but he chose to lead the people in the wrong way and serve the wrong God. And so I'm just reminding y'all, this is the third week in a row, I'm talking about spiritually here now, okay? So though he was king, he had the influence over an entire nation that if whatever God he would serve, he had the influence over those people to serve that God. And so I'm just saying it's disappointing that he held within his grasp the, um, the influence to lead the people of God in the right way, and he led them astray. So these were dark days. These were uh, depleted days. These were disappointing days. But now here's where we come to the story. These were dangerous days. They were dangerous days because the people had begun serving other gods, and they had been depleted. Remember, they were depleted of the presence and the power of God. Well, now they're going to be depleted from the provision of God. They're going to be depleted from the provision. I say, what do you mean? Remember 2 Chronicles chapter number 7? Everybody knows verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their lamb. The verse before that says, if I shut up the heaven so there be no rain. If I send the locusts to devour the land, if I cause pestilence to come unto my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked way, then 
from heaven I will hear them I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land you say what does that have to do with Elijah oh it has a lot to do with Elijah on multiple occasions in the Old Testament, and we've done this for two weeks in a row, so let's go ahead and thank God now for the New Testament. Thank God now for the New Covenant. Thank God now we're living in the New, not the Old. Now is when you thank God. Because one of the ways God would bring judgment to His people is God would shut up the heavens. And when God would shut up the heavens so there would be no rain, ultimately it affected the livestock, it affected the crops, famine would devour the land, and people would lose the provision, and it would ultimately end up in multiple, multiple deaths. You understand what I'm saying? So what I am saying is, these were dangerous days because now God was shutting up His provision. So God sends a man by the name of Elijah to the king. And Elijah tells the king, it's not going to rain these years. Now, we, we already know, because we've read James, that it did not rain for three and a half years from the time Elijah said it wasn't going to rain until the end of the story, and it rained again. So Elijah comes in and says, it's not going to rain these years, but at my word. In other words, it ain't going to rain no more after today until I, until I say so. That's what he said. Nor is dew going to fall on the ground. Now, again, we said we don't know if this was a rainy season that he went to the king or if it was a dry season. So if it was a rainy season and Elijah says it's not going to rain, the king would immediately know God had spoken through Elijah because it would stop raining now. If it were the dry season, it wasn't raining anyway, so how would the king know that this word was going to come to pass? It's by the dew. Because even in the dry season, in the dry season, the dew would fall late at night and early in the morning. The heavy dew is what sustained the vegetation so they would have produce to live by in time of drought. So even in the, in the, in the dry season, dew was very important. It was very significant. So Elijah says, it's not going to rain, neither is dew going to fall on the ground for these years until I say it's going to happen again. And he walked away. Now, now, when he walks away, God speaks to him. The Bible says the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And, um, and the word of the Lord said, go, hide yourself down by the brook Kareth. Now, we found that Kareth means cutting. Kareth means cutting. So what God did was, God told Elijah, go hide yourself. Hide means to absent yourself. God was telling him to absent himself from the public for a season. Can y'all say for a season? He said, go hide yourself down by the brook Kareth. Absent is the word. Hide means to absent. Hide also means to conceal yourself. Later we're going to find that, that uh, Ahab put a hit out on Elijah and his henchmen were out looking for Elijah. So perhaps God was protecting Elijah from Ahab or maybe God was protecting Elijah from himself. Maybe, and this is true, God had a bigger plan than the rain not falling and the rain falling. Maybe God had a bigger plan for Elijah and a bigger purpose and destiny for Elijah. So God was looking at the ultimate purpose and the ultimate plan for Elijah and God knew in order for Elijah to get from here to here, God must send Elijah through here. And so what God said was, go conceal yourself. 